Welcome to the Rookie Runners Podcast, a show that explores the challenges and conversations runners are having as they begin their running journey. We run to become the best versions of ourselves. Embrace the process and enjoy each and every step. Now, here's your host, Ray Gerard. Welcome to episode 10. This is Ray. Thanks for dropping by. Special thanks to all my listeners and, of course, to my supporters. Over the last few weeks, we've had some supporters. I really appreciate you coming through and supporting the podcast. Uh, I do the podcast as a labor of love because I love running and I love interacting with others and as well as learning from others. So it's really great when others embrace the uh, the journey with me, and uh, I appreciate you. I'm sitting here contemplating the past year. It is the last day of 2020, sort of my uh, year and review hour. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Just simply being grateful to be here and having the ability to do what I've done, do what I'm currently doing, and do what I intend to do. All of that, yeah. I have 52 books stacked up near my desk. My goal in 2020 is to read 52 books. One a week is doable, right? <laughs> last year, I have to tell you, I must confess, last year I fell short. I had the same goal last year. But that's okay. Also in 2019, I had made it a goal to run 1,500 miles. I didn't quite make that either. My actual total was 1,284. But I'll take it. Often in life, we may not achieve a goal that we set, but as I've said before, it's not about the destination always, but rather the journey of getting to the destination. That's where the value is. Yes, the value is derived and the journey, the process of being, the process of moving and building something for yourself and for others. I'm excited to bring you my guest today. His name is Trevon Santiata Ferguson. Trevon knows well about how the value is derived from the journey. But I'll let him tell you all about it. Trevon's story will move you as well as fascinate you. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Hello, Trayvon. Hello, 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 Brother Ray. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Rookie Runners Podcast. You know, your story is one of hope and possibilities. That's the way I describe it. And I've had a chance to learn about the challenges of your journey. And I found your story to be quite intriguing and inspiring. So please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, thank you, uh, Ray. First and foremost, for allowing me the the honor and the blessing to be on the uh, Rookie Runners podcast platform. Um, I, I was just talking to my son, and, and, and anytime we get an opportunity to 
to share a part of who we are and a part of our journey that can possibly even impact, even if it's one person, that's uh, an honor that we can't take lightly. So again, thank you so much um, for the privilege uh, to be a part of this. So uh, for your audience, you know, my name is uh, Trevon Sundiata Ferguson. I was actually born and raised down in the Caribbean in Trinidad and Tobago, two islands just north of, of the South American coastline. And, um, you know, it, my, my, my journey really, I mean, I, I'd have to obviously say it starts with my mom. Right? If you're talking about uh, an overcomer and, and, and someone who, who achieved and fought from, 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 from minimal resources to achieve and create something I would consider uh, a legacy, that it starts with my mom. My, my mom migrated from Trinidad uh, when I was five, and I stayed with my grandmother. And so I didn't migrate to the United States until, until, I, until 1994. And, and, and the thing about my mom's journey was that she came here with barely anything in terms of mm. financial resources, but, you know, we had some family members that were already living here in, um, in New York, for that matter. And, and so she fought, got herself through school, worked endless jobs to ultimately becoming a naturalized U- United States citizen, uh, owning a home. Uh, of course, my dad came up a little la- later. And then my sister and I... Um, we migrated in December of 94. And, and for me, it, it, that was always a part of the journey, right? That was always right. going to happen. In fact, when I got here, I had just gotten accepted to Howard University. Okay. Um, I had done the SATs and everything that I had to do back in Trinidad. And then I got the acceptance letter when I got here. And the, but unfortunately, though, my parents... Uh, even though I was getting ready to go on a partial scholarship and, and um, play soccer and do some other things, they still didn't have the financial resources to help me meet the rest of what I would need to go to school. And so about exactly six months after I arrived, so I arrived December 18, 1994, and on May 18, 1995, I left New York for Oklahoma to start basic training in the United States Army. Okay. Now, imagine if you will, right? Here's this kid from the Caribbean who's who migrates to New York. Uh, it's it's a different culture, but there's still a heavy Caribbean population in um, in New York, so it's not the home being homesick is not as difficult. And then, within six months, I'm uprooted and get sent to Oklahoma, Lawton, wow. Oklahoma, to be exact, for basic training. Culture shock, right? I'm telling you, it was a culture shock of epic proportion. Yes. Because now what happened was uh, in basic training, right, even mm-hmm. though, for one, there were, there were other young men and women of color like me, now for the first time I was meeting people who grew up in towns and cities where there were no people of color. So that was a whole new dynamic for me. Yes. It was, it was, it was an interesting introduction into understanding what, um, how race plays a factor here in the United States. And, yeah. and, and I will say this, despite all of that, this is still the land of opportunity. This is still the land of dreams. And people still want to come here to make a way. And I so, agree. And I just want to interject just uh, briefly, not to interrupt you, is I was born in Haiti, 
just to let you know. Oh, and I, man. Yes. We're Caribbean neighbors. Yes, we are. So I immigrated to the United States when I was 10 years old, but so I understand where you're coming from with your story. So please go ahead. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so, you know, went through... Now, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be honest, Ray. Mm-hmm. When, when I went into the Army, that was the last thing I think anybody who knew me, including my parents, expected. But it was an opportunity for me to get money for school. Sure. And it was also an opportunity for me to give back to the people of the United States. Say, hey, I got an opportunity to come here and make a way and create a way. Then I can at least thank this nation for that opportunity by serving. I love that perspective. I really do. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't even a hard decision for me to make, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I went through basic and, um, you know, I was was a little mischievous young man. So, and that mischief landed me in a role of a squad leader. And from that point onwards, I realized that I had the ability to lead people. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I kind of took it for granted before. I, I grew up an athlete. I played soccer. I ran, um, and so for me, you know, leading people just it, from in terms of influencing people to achieve uh, a common goal or to achieve something high. I never really looked at it like that. But once I got you know put in that leadership role and and, and I was tested in various ways and went through and, and built up a seven year military career. I realized that one, I had the ability to lead. That was something that 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 I realized early on. The second thing was that early in my career, not even I think let's see, probably maybe within the first seven eight months, uh, I was on a training exercise involved in a terrible terrible vehicular accident and sustained a serious traumatic brain injury in terms mm. of. Uh, leaving scar tissue on the brain and some other things. Um, as a result of that brain issue, um, I started dealing with, you know, migraines every single day, headaches every day, uh, nosebleeds. Um, I have a, I have issues with light sensitivity because my right pupil after that accident never closed back to its original size. Um, and then, then, then the temperament change started happening. And, and back then, I had no idea that brain injuries can affect your emotional state. I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I will venture to share with your audience that if we want to understand what's happening with NFL players, why so many of them are emotionally unstable, think about it. They, have, they are having concussions multiple times um, every week when they play, Yes, if you really think about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I didn't understand that. And, you know, as you fast forward into me starting a family and watching what was happening and, you know, going through a divorce and, and now looking back, understanding why, you know, I behave certain ways. And, you know, and so as a result of that brain injury, I was also diagnosed with uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm depression, and anxiety. And then two years ago, um, I was given the gift of epilepsy. Now, as we talk today, um, a lot of people may be like, did he just say the gift? I will say this. Um, I no longer use the terminology, and I try to encourage others never to use the term that you suffer from anything. So I don't don't suffer from epilepsy. I live with it. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, 
I am living as fully as I possibly can within the boundaries of this particular gift. And the reason I've said that it's a gift is because, honestly, if I wasn't diagnosed with epilepsy two years ago, I wouldn't be on your podcast today. Mm-hmm. You see, as a result of searching and, and seeking right, to, to move past the pain and the struggle, um, running, has become, running, walking, hiking, movement, mm-hmm. endurance movement has become a, an integral part of my life. But also because of that, I'm, I'm connecting to so many people, so many organizations. Uh, and of course, we connected through a mutual friend. Um, yes. um, it's Angelina. Angelina uh, Sims. Who, yeah. Yeah. Whose son lives with epilepsy. So had I not, you know, been on this particular path, there, our past probably may not have crossed. I agree. So I can't take for granted all the amazing people that I've met and connected to as a result of being diagnosed with epilepsy two years ago. And I like the way you point out that you live with it. You don't suffer from it. People can learn a lot from that. And you went on to become a Spartan racer, runner, athlete. How has all the physical activity helped you rise above these difficulties? You're even on a run streak right now, right? Am I correct? Yes. Yes. So let let, let me share how that happened. Okay. What happened was... I had fallen to the lowest anybody can fall to the point where I had decided that I was going to commit suicide, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine called me and he called to share, well, he called to talk to me about a project that he was working on and he wanted me to be a part of it. And the project involved a, a, a business and the business had some sports nutrition supplements. And one of the supplements was this actually keto-based coffee that had MCT oil in it. And so he said, man, I, I don't know, just try it. And so I tried it and started noticing some positive results. That was the, the key, right? So that gave okay. me the hope to, okay, continue fighting. In that fight, I started searching now. So I, I, I had to make a complete 180 from being angry and frustrated and mad to now, okay, how can I live with this, the best quality of life, and then go out and empower others to do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Because some people living with epilepsy are in a debilitating state because of their seizures. I was still fortunate enough to be able to move. So I went and talked to a friend, and this friend connected me to an organization called the Adaptive Training Foundation. This organization is a very unique organization based in Carrollton here in, in Texas. And what they do is they put people with unique pathologies, anywhere from people with cerebral palsy, people with spinal cord injuries who, who were told they would never walk, people with, um, who suffered strokes who were told they would never do this, single, single leg amputees, uh, quadruple amputees, you name it. And they put them through this intense nine-week workout program. But along the way, they also tackle the mental and the emotional side of life, right? right? And the program is called Redefine. And what it is is each athlete sets specific goals specific to their pathology. And you have to work on these goals, but you also have to work on the emotional side. And so what happened was one of the trainers there looked at me and said, hey, have you ever considered doing a Spartan race? Now, think about this. I had gone almost two years being told, 
you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. Don't do this. Don't right. do this. Don't do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And now I had somebody say, hey, have you ever considered? And if you have considered it, do you want to let's train for it? And so the seed was planted and I held on to that. But then and, and, I, and I firmly believe this and not to turn this into anything religious, but uh, I am a believer of, in, um, you know, in terms of my spirituality and my faith. And I also believe that God, there's no accidents in God's work. And so what happened was the same young lady who encouraged me to actually do the Spartan race, her fiance um, worked for Spartan at the time. So what ended up happening was they were looking to hire veterans. Now, remember, I'm living with epilepsy. So most companies are hands off once you tell them that. Now, they can't come out and say, well, we, can't, we don't want to hire you because you have epilepsy. Of course not. That's discrimination. Mm-hmm. But I know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a seven-year veteran with two degrees and can't, and, and being told that I'm not qualified for the job. Two degrees in engineering design. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be a job out here for me. Sure. Right. So, so they were looking to hire veterans, and they needed security specialists. Hey, that's right up my alley. I, you know, I understand how to handle active shooters, all that stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Spartan said, hey, we don't care uh, uh, if you have epilepsy. We we have the protocols in place. If you need anything, we'll we'll get you taken care of. So they hired me, and that led to me doing five Spartan races in 2019. And so that's so awesome. Now, but and, and here's 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 what's magical about this. Mm-hmm. I start. I ran my first 5K on July 4th of 2019. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the rest of uh, the rest of 2019, I did maybe over 35 Ks, and then the five um, Spartans. A lot of them were virtual, but you know, I did some live ones. And then this year, the goal was to do 20 Spartan races because now I worked for the company. I had access to, I would be working on site. I could do the races and all that. And unfortunately, COVID caused, put a damp on that. So what I've done this year alone, in fact, I was just looking at my tracker today. Um, up to December 16th, I've done over 1,500 miles this year. That's so great. You can just imagine how many 5Ks and 10Ks. Yes. Are, are, there's a, <laughs> uh, on, on Memorial Day, I did, um, I did a 30-miler. I ran 20, walked 10 to honor um, veterans who, mm-hmm. who have passed away. And, and so for me, what has happened is running. Oh, well, let me not just say running because um, there's, I, I want to make sure that your audience understands that even if they're not runners yet, they can grow into it, right? Sure. So even, e- even if they, they start walking, um, the thing for me is that in movement, I found a few things. One, I found a place of peace. Hmm. Like when, I'm, when I'm out walking, I'm, I'm, I may be listening to music. I, I listen to audiobooks, positive audiobooks. And sometimes I listen to, you know, uh, comical audios, right? That, you know, novels, etc. But I'm, I'm always making sure that when I am running or walking or hiking, moving, that my mind is being fed something. Something positive, something happy. Yes. Right? It's the one place where in that space um, I, I I can say that I have control. And, and so I used to be a soccer player. Um, I haven't played soccer in over four or five years just because of the, the, the brain issues. And so 
that was literally taken away from you. But for your your audience, if you decide to go walking, if you decide to go hiking, if you decide to go jogging slash running, you can still control that. If you don't feel 100%, you can control that. But for a sport like soccer, when you're told, man, we don't even want to risk having you out on, 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 on the field, that gets taken away from you. Sure. And so this has been a place of control and peace for me. And not to mention the health benefits. I mean, the endorphin feeling. Of course. Um, it helps me recover faster when I have my seizures. And so, and then it gives me a chance to set not only achievable goals, but goals that force me to stretch, but on my terms. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm setting goals for uh, based on anybody else. It's all me. It's all me. That's great. And you, you've made it your life's work, not only to help yourself, but to help others through their own hardship. And that is a, an honorable pursuit, I have to tell you. Please tell the audience uh, about your future plans as you pursue these goals of helping others. Uh, you know, I this just before I, I share that, I, I just want to give a shout out to my mom and my grandmother, both of whom are uh, actually deceased. And mm. and I would say that this this calling on my life to do what you just talked about comes from both of them. Yes. Uh, my mom was such a warrior and such a giver that you know. It, it sometimes I was when I was younger, I would be like, man, you know, you let people take advantage of you. And she's like, it's not about them taking advantage of me. But what how can I be a blessing to somebody? And my grandmother was the mm-hmm. same way. I, I, I didn't get it then, but I get it now. And so I have a couple of things that I'm working through, working on, working with. Um, one, of course, is that as a veteran, I am actively involved in fighting to help veterans get the care and support that they need, uh, whether it's through bringing awareness, whether it's through sharing my story. Um, I have a connection to a gentleman here that helps get homeless veterans off the street. In fact, I just talked to him recently about getting a, a young man I met at the gas station who was a, a Marine veteran who was, who was uh, a, uh, an addict. Uh, he said he just recently got clean. He just didn't have a place to lay his head. In my, and, and I will say this to you and to your audience. I, I 100% believe, not only because I'm a veteran, but because I understand what comes with that, right? Veterans and first responders, there's, 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 yes. there's a weight that they carry. And in this country, we should not have one single homeless veteran. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what happens is, for example, like PTSD, my, my wife didn't know what was happening to me when, when I was going through my bouts and episodes and depression and all that. And she's not medically qualified to handle that. But I happen to have a very strong wife who stood by me through some of the worst times. Unfortunately, every veteran doesn't have that. Sometimes families can't handle what comes with that when we come back from deployments and so on. And so these guys end up homeless. And now what ha- So my... My fight is to uh, raise awareness for that. In that fight, uh, I'm, I work to connect veterans with organizations like the Adaptive Training Foundation, the very program that I share with you. I uh, work to connect veterans with 22Kill. This is an organization that originally was formed to raise awareness for the fact that 22-plus veterans a day commit suicide. Now yes. they provide counseling and, and some other services for veterans and their families. In fact, I went through their counseling program. Um, 
There's also Operation Enduring Warrior, which I'm also a part of. Uh, they what they do is they have activities designed specifically to get veterans and first responders, wounded or otherwise, up off the couch and out there doing stuff. So they have a skydiving program. They have um, uh, an adventure program where they go do Spartan races, even with injured veterans. And they have a team that, you know, help you go through the races. They have a speakers program for veterans like myself who want to actually share our message and share our voice. And, and so they have, a, they have an archery program, which I'm also a part of. And so they have a host of programs. So I, I work to connect people with that. I work to, uh, I'm an advocate for um, CBD use because that's helped me navigate and, and get my, um, my epilepsy under control. And so, you know, I've connected to Charlotte's Web, one of the most reputable CBD producing companies in the country and possibly uh, on a global scale as well. And so I work to, to connect people to those um those resources right okay and and that's that's a big part of what i do now the yeah. other the on the flip side now because i live with epilepsy uh i'm also act i always actively work to share information I'm, I'm on the board of directors for the epilepsy foundation of of texas so it's all about sharing education and information and um and of course thanks to clubhouse i got to meet miss angelina and we you know we're going to be uh, I'm going to be talking with her about some other things that we can do to raise awareness and give people a better understanding of not only the first aid for epilepsy and seizures, but the just understanding the pathology because there's so many misnomers and myths and things out there. Um, one of my upcoming projects is I've written a book called The ABCs of Empowerment. That book is 365 quotes that I wrote and then, you know, and, and, there's some calls to action for anybody who, you know, gets the book. But with that, what I'm doing now is um, every copy of, of the book that's sold, 100% of the proceeds is going into an account to be donated. The goal, I'll, I'll be straight up, and it, it may sound crazy to some people, but the goal is to raise $50,000 within the next year. And, and, and that means I have to sell 5,000 copies. And that's a challenge I'm willing to undertake because every dime of that money will be donated to some of these organizations that I just mentioned to you. That's great. Uh, the Epilepsy Foundation, mm -hmm. OEW, all these organizations that have not only helped me, but they're helping other people find their fight again. That's great. And where's the book available for the, for the audience? Um, I actually have, um, I, I just created a link on my link tree on Instagram, the link to, to purchase the book is there. So if you click on my link tree, it's the first tab. It says the ABCs of Empowerment. Um, and and, and I, I don't have my website up yet, specifically because this has been a year of up and down. And sure. um, I'm working on that. But I wanted to get that particular page up. So that's up and available. People can order the book. And um, it, 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 I had it available. It's, it's on Amazon. But I don't recommend they purchasing it on Amazon because one, it's more expensive on Amazon, uh, and two, um, I can control the flow of the funds as it comes in and, and where it's going to go as, as instead of having to split the royalties with Amazon. Right? Oh, gotcha. And you know, I want to yeah. share with the audience that in, in addition to all that you do, first of all, thank you for your service uh, in the arms services. And in addition to everything you just talked about, I understand that you've also embraced a natural and holistic lifestyle, which has been 
very instrumental in your recovery process. You're a uh, certified holistic healthcare consultant, a certified raw food chef, certified (laughs) herbalist. How does that approach help you in your recovery? Well, you know, the thing thing about, now, let me preface this by saying this. I have nothing against doctors and medicine. I do believe that in certain instances, it's, it's a necessity. But I also believe that the human body is, one of, is the most intelligent, not one of, but the most intelligent machine created by Absolutely. God. Absolutely. I so agree and, with that. And that body will tell us, right, what we need and what we don't need. Mm-hmm. And so if every medication we take has three, three plus side effects, then we as individuals have to come to an understanding and ask the question, is this really serving the greater good for me to do this? Yes. Now, and because of that, when we take a holistic approach, we look at, okay, what's my home life like? How am I sleeping? How much water am I consuming? Am I resting? And, and, and now I'm, I'm differentiating resting and relaxing from sleeping. Okay. Do I have, am I eating rich, life-giving, nutritious food? Or am I parked at the drive-thru? Mm-hmm. And all of these things, ladies and gentlemen, we can control that without even having to talk to a doctor. Like we can get healthy without even having to talk to the doctor just yet. Correct. So if we if we focused on our water intake, our sleep, um, even even things like I meditate every day, yes. twice a day. Now I'm not saying people need to meditate for a long drawn out period, but five hours, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, and right after the meditation, I do five minutes of breathing. Same thing before I go to bed. Now, check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Here's another thing. There are apps that can help you. That You don't have to be in this whole esoteric space where you're levitating off the floor and floating. <laughs> in fact, I want to dispel a myth right now. All meditation is, okay, is a directed, intentional focus on something. So, for example, okay, watch this. When we're sitting and watching TV, we're actually engaged in a form of meditation because we're focused and locked in on that. When you go running or you do archery or you do anything, when you're working out, that's a form of meditation. And so understanding that you, the individual, you have the power. In fact, I'm working on a project called um, the um, Unleash Your Hidden, Hidden Power. And it's basically a holistic approach to um, to taking care of your health. Just some simple instructions, some things that we can do on a daily basis to, to change, you know, our quality of life. And so for me, that has made all the difference. All right. It, it, the music I listen to, um, the, the stretching every day. If you follow my wife on Instagram and Facebook, you'll see she doesn't run or walk as much as I do, but she's actively engaged in some type of movement every single day that's that's the other thing um this is a runner's podcast and i will i would encourage people to really to get out and run i mean it's it's such a liberating thing it is but but for those of you that may be listening to this and you're still a little bit nervous and you're not sure okay 
start walking. Mm-hmm. Still you movement. Know, you walk a block in a mailbox at first. And then the next day you go back, you walk a block in two mailboxes. And you build up and you build up. And then you get to a point where after 30 days, you, 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 now you really, because you're going to start feeling better by default. Then you go, you jog half the block, walk the rest. You come back, you jog, you jog a block, half the block in one mailbox, walk the rest. And then pretty soon you find yourself like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Huh. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? When I started back running in twenty um, in twenty nineteen, when I did that first five k, I I I legitimately ran one mile, walked the rest. So mm-hmm. I walked two point one miles that first time. Now I'm up to running ten miles at my pace. Exactly. No, no, no worries. It's been a journey. You had to take it gradually. That's great advice, and yes. I. Get- I have to tell you, uh, one of my favorite quotes from you, I'll, I'll make this the, the last question for you today, Trevon, is uh, you wrote, everyone is here for a great and divine purpose. That resonated with me. And my question to you is, how should one approach life with that mindset, even in the myth of difficulties? Okay. Um what I would tell your audience, and, and thank you for that, um, because I want people to understand you're, you're, not an, you're not here by chance. We're not here by accident. We, we're all here for a purpose, with a purpose, on purpose. The divine creator, the architect of the, of the world, knew and understood that Ray had to be here for such a time as this. And whoever else may be hearing this message, you have to be here for such a time as this. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a stay-at-home dad or you're a chef or, you're, uh, or you may work with the, 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 on, on the city council or, or, or you may be a firefighter or you may be wealthy, you may not be so wealthy. We all have a place in the fabric of time. And unless, right, mm-hmm. here's why it's important for us to embrace our purpose. Unless we accomplish what it is or our reason for being here, we rob the rest of the world the blessing of our purpose. So, for example, you remember I said to you earlier that I don't suffer from epilepsy. I live with it. There's a reason why I was chosen to carry this particular mantle. Mm -hmm. Because I've been given the ability to speak and communicate. There are some people who, who are not. So now yes. I have a responsibility to use that gift to encourage and empower others who may not. One of your runners listening to me talk right now may be a fantastic chef. I'm not the greatest cook in the world. I, mean, I am a raw food chef, but I'm not the greatest cook in the world. Mm-hmm. And that might be the person who writes the, the next great uh, vegan cookbook or the next great uh, healthy cookbook. You just never know. And so regardless of what you're hap- what's happening to you in life, I want to say this to you, and, I, and I'll be done with uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we think we're being buried in struggles, we're actually being planted for growth. Yes, yes, I believe that. Trevon, wow, you are amazing. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I wish you all the best moving forward as you as your journey continues. I'm sure you'll continue to inspire many. Uh, I think a lot of people need to hear 
your story, your words, and uh, your motivation. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Ray. And, and also, man, I want to thank you for having the courage to do this. See, we, we talked about purpose to close. Everybody isn't able to do what you're doing with this platform because you, this podcast is giving voice to other individuals who may not necessarily understand the intricacies of actually starting a podcast, mm-hmm. right? And so I want to thank you for being obedient to the call on your heart to do this. Um, and I look forward alongside you in 2021 to really impact uh, a next wave and a next generation of brand new runners and, and movers um, because 2021 is the year of, it's going to be our year of restoration, right? Yes. And, and so, and through running and through movement, we're going to inspire hope. And I look forward to doing that with you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's going to be great. The, the journey continues and we will definitely stay in touch and we'll continue to collaborate for sure. Thanks again, Shavon. Yes, Thank you. Have a great one and happy new year to you and your audience. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed chatting with Trevon, and I hope you got some value from learning about his journey. I sure did. Let's keep the conversation going, folks. We all have a story of struggle and triumph, right? Whether it's running your first marathon or maybe doing your first ultra marathon, or maybe you weren't able to finish a race at some point. I know a few people that DNF to race. DNF stands for did not finish. And that's okay. You know, it's all part of the story. Many of us keep those stories to ourselves, and that's okay if you prefer to go that route. But always remember that the story of your running journey, or your life's journey for that matter, can serve to inspire and motivate someone to find their strength and go out and better their best. So let's keep the conversation going. Find the Rookie Runners Podcast on social. We are Rookie Runners Podcast on Instagram. Rookie Runners on Facebook, Runner underscore Rookie on Twitter. I am also at Ray on Twitter since 2006. Yeah, that's how I was able to catch that pretty uh, three-character username. I was an early adopter. I've always been an early adopter. Still am today. And, of course, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast players, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, among others. And a special happy new year to you and yours, my dear listener. May your best wishes come true in 2021. This is Ray. I'll catch you on the next episode. Meanwhile, stay strong, stay safe, and run happy.